Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. What's the likeliest landing spot for Bo Levi Mitchell? And I tweeted the options, B.C., Saskatchewan, XFL, or other. Still leading the way as other. Can you people, can you people tell me where other is? Because I have no idea where he would go other than Saskatchewan, B.C., or the XFL and his hometown, Houston Roughnecks. This is the Rod Peterson Show. Happy Monday. Welcome to the RP Show, everybody. It's episode number 830 of your favorite daytime sports talk show. Sports and entertainment, because we're going to get into the movie talk here coming up in the warm-up. Very big day. We've got breaking news to get to, which we will here in the warm-up. We've got NFL guests on the program from ESPN 1530 Cincinnati. Mo Egger. So all you viewers in the state of Ohio where you're watching on Buckeye Cable Systems, Tune in for Mo. He's coming up later on. And also from Sirius XM NFL Radio, Zig Fracossi. And as usual, we have your usual three staples that we'll be talking about on the program. National Hockey League, National Football League, Canadian Football League, and a few other things. As we welcome in from Lake Country, this guy's popping up all over the place. You never know where you're going to find him. The Moose, Darren DuPont. How are you doing today, Moose? How's the weekend? Weekend has been fantastic, Rod. Yeah, it's been awesome. Got a chance to get up here and play a little golf and enjoy a little bit of the uh, the northern uh, hospitality. So I hope your weekend was good, too. Yeah, well, I hope it's as beautiful as it looks over your shoulder there, and it certainly is same thing here in South Florida. Can you hit the quick six show horn, please, Director Jordan, and uh, we'll get into it. Speaking of weekends, I almost feel like, because most of my weekends are very exciting, that uh, we should reprise the photo album. And I'll tell you why. I'm going to get to Sunday's NFL games in a second. But it was pretty exciting, Moose. You saw my story. For anybody that uh, isn't following on Instagram, Rod Peterson Official, also the Rod Peterson Show, I went to the Dolphins and the Eagles on Saturday night, and it's an interesting story. You saw it. I ended up with uh, players' families and Super Bowl champions in a luxury suite, and uh, I felt like I was in an episode of Ballers. I really did. Um, and we'll get to that as we go. But I want to say, this is you never know how things are going to go. I said last week, I can't fib any of you, I bought the ticket, okay? I bought the ticket by accident. I thought the cheapest ticket for this NFL preseason game was $200 because that's what came up on Ticketmaster. Turns out it was in a suite. So let me just say this, Moose. I get into the suite, and all of a sudden, I was in there 90 minutes before the game. All these people came in, and they just welcomed me. They were very nice. And about halfway through the game, they said, you know, we own this suite, but we put the unused tickets on Ticketmaster, and only one was sold. That was obviously you. And I'm like, that was me. 
Well, by the end of the game, these guys were a bunch of ballers, guys and gals. They said, listen, and I swear on my mother's grave that they said, dude, you're so cool. Because we talked throughout the game. Uh, we, you, you paid for your ticket for this game, but next game we'd like you to come for free and just hang out with us. Would you do that? And I'm like, for real? And they said, absolutely. So that's pretty cool, man. And went to the movies too, which is coming up in our quick six show topics. But I don't know how these things happen. Darren, how do these things happen? I don't know. You got into the luxury suite at the Dolphins game last year. Um, and then you just happen. <laughs> you know what? I really believe that if you do things with good intentions for the right reasons, good things happen. And, you know, you just go to the game, you're in the luxury suite, and all of a sudden you meet some cool people and put yourself out there. So it looked cool on social media, and I know it was even cooler in person. It was just, it was a lot of fun. Very blessed and grateful for sure. Now to my first point, which is NFL Sunday uh, scores, and this is, this is interesting. New York Jets' fourth-string quarterback Chris Strebler led his third straight fourth-quarter drive for the NFL's New York Jets. It was their third straight preseason win, and a 31-27 victory over the Crosstown Giants. Chris Strebler, the Super Bowl champion with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, marched the Jets down the field in the waning moments of the game. This is a recording. And found a wide-open Calvin Jackson Jr. for the go-ahead five-yard touchdown with 22 seconds left. This is funny. Well, this part isn't funny. Strebler, former CFL quarterback, as I mentioned, who's had three prior NFL stints, went 10 of 13 for 96 yards and two touchdowns. I think we've all seen the video of the Jets coach, Robert Sala. I never, I can never say it right, but you know who I mean. Giving the game ball to Strebler and shouting him out after every game. At what point does he move up past fourth string quarterback and, and maybe at least number two? I didn't think Chris Strebler had it in him, but here we are for a third straight Monday talking about Strebby. Hey, we are. It's insane. This has become one of the coolest NFL stories of the entire preseason. Not even a Canadian interest story now. This is great. And I saw the video. He's, you know, he's like, and with that, Straveler, and everybody goes crazy. It is so cool the way he's captured that locker room and captured a little bit of the media attention. And our biggest concern with Chris Straveler was, can he throw the football? Right. I mean, they used him in the Grey Cup and he ran and it was never a threat. It was a shock when he threw a pass in the Grey Cup game, you know. Um, But here he is with a high completion percentage. He's moving the ball with efficiency, using his legs. Perhaps he's just in the right situation where he's having success. And I wish him nothing but more. I could talk for two hours about Chris Strebler, and if anybody read my Weekend 10 Things column where I said, don't be part of the yeah, but crowd. Yeah, but Saskatchewan won, but they beat the third-string quarterback. Yeah, but Canada won the gold medal, but they wouldn't have if it wasn't for Mason McTavish. I was that guy. I'll say it. Three years ago when Strebler was the rookie in the CFL, yeah, he led the Big Sky Conference with South Dakota in passing the whole league. The whole conference. Yeah, but it was the Big Sky Conference. I was in that crowd, which I hate them. So he's telling everybody, including me, to zip it. So you go, Strevy. You, you, you show the world. And he continues. And the final preseason game of the year was in Pittsburgh, the NFL preseason game. Mitch Trubisky staked his claim to take over for the retired Ben Roethlisberger, throwing for 160 yards and a touchdown as the Pittsburgh Steelers eased past Detroit 19-9 in the preseason finale. Uh, by the way, we've got a lot to get to here today uh, in the warm-up. we got 40 minutes to do it before Mo Egger joins us. But I just want to say, what out of the National Football League caught your eye? Because, again, at the Dolphins game, the very first 
I was in my seat 90 minutes before the game. That's just, I went to the game three hours before kickoff, and thank God I did because it was traffic is a nightmare. You people in Canada, particularly CFL fans, don't understand how lucky you have it. There was announced crowd of 68,000 people there. My guess was about 40 to 45,000. Half full. And it takes a long time to get in and out of the stadium. But anyways, I was in my seat when I saw Tua launch a 51-yard bomb to Tyreek Hill. The cheetah. 51 yards. They're still showing it all over the highlights. I was so happy to be there. What caught your eye of the weekend in the National Football League? That did for sure. I mean, that was a statement. You wondered about Tyreek Hill and Tua Tungavailoa getting on the same page. And if they are, I mean, that's dangerous. And Miami's one of those teams that's going to jump off the page and take big steps forward. Um, in Tennessee, Malik Willis, the the backup, we're trying to win the backup job behind Ryan Tannehill, busts off a 50-yard run, and then, you know, a big pass to Traylon Burke. So he's showing, you know, some dynamic playmaking ability, Boston that moves. dual run-pass threat option. And then, you know, in Seattle, Geno Smith being named the starting quarterback over Drew Locke um, in Seattle. So those are three big storylines that I was kind of following throughout the weekend. All right. Hey, are we with we we lost contact for a second, but I think we're okay, right? We're going to continue. Yeah, my bad. Thanks, guys, for hanging in there. Moving on. Well, first of all, Ito Japan. Ito Japan, delicious Japanese-inspired meals and snacks made to order with high-quality ingredients. I'll tell the viewers, be paying attention, everybody, because we have some gifts to be giving away from Ito Japan in the weeks ahead. They've been just so good to us, and they continue to be better and better to us as the weeks go along. Ito Japan. Uh, number two, because we're going to get to the CFL stuff and the NHL stuff, too. But number two, Tom Brady was named the NFL's number one player by a player vote for the annual NFL network poll which i think goes back to 2012 when they started doing it um i'm wondering i'm gonna ask you darren if that is as much a popularity contest as anything number one was tom brady number two aaron donald the la rams d lineman number three aaron Rodgers, whom we all know number four rams wide receiver cooper cup and number five colts running back jonathan taylor do you think the players actually believe brady's the best player in the national football league or they voted for him because he's tom brady and he's chasing an eighth Super Bowl ring this year. At 45 years of age, do they really believe he's the best player in the NFL? I think it's a little column A, little column B. You know, I think, you know, I don't know if they believe he's the best player in the NFL. At 45 years old, I think realistically, he's probably not the best. But I think, you know, he's got the respect of the players. And they'll still give him that respect tag. And I think you don't want to be the guy who votes for Tom Brady as the 10th best player in the league. Cause he's going to come after you, your family, your team and everybody else and, you know, go for blood. Um, but there was some of that going on, you know, Russell Wilson, who I think is not the most popular player around the NFL. And you hear the narrative that, you know, his happy go lucky, the faith, the real positive mm-hmm. all the time is a little cheesy and a little bit, you know, not quite um, authentic. So I don't think he's the most popular player. So he's not nearly as highly ranked as he should be in the NFL's top 100. So you do see a little bit of that. It's interesting when the players vote. Well, that is the poll question today for Capital Automall Universal Collision Center with dealerships all across the prairies, Capital. Uh, who is, based on the NFL Network's top 100 poll, the top uh, player in the NFL that you would vote for. We use their top three, Tom Brady, Aaron Donald, Aaron Rodgers, or, or other, 
And the last I had a look at the Twitter results running away with it, Tom Edward Brady, which I love, but if you saw him at the podium this weekend after their preseason game against the Colts, Tom still didn't want to talk about the fact that he was away from training camp for 11 days. The analysts on ESPN this morning, if you watched it, get up, said it's none of our business why Tom went away for 11 days, which I thought is, wow, that's awesome for those guys to say that. And by the way, I saw Jeff Darlington, NFL insider on ESPN, saying there is no truth to the rumor that he took 11 days off to appear on The Masked Singer. There's no truth to that. So um, it's nice to see that people are respecting Tom's privacy. But if you saw the quote, he said, I'm 45 years old. Anybody that's, you know, in this age bracket, we got a lot of stuff going on. A lot of stuff going on in my life. I know how to play football. wasn't that hard to pick up. So way to go, Tom. He's sticking to his guns. I love it. By the way, to the viewers here, um, Winnipeg, they are alive and well. David in Winnipeg, the Strevolution won all preseason games. Tacona Powley in Winnipeg says, Rod, Strevy's not telling us in Winnipeg to zip it. Some of us knew his talent and value. Yeah, for the whole six months he was there, Tacona, you need to zip it. You don't even know him. Come on. He was barely I'm there. He was there for a cup of coffee. Arlen Bruce, the third, writes and he says, I was in a luxury suite at the Lions game. Very exciting. Hey, Rod and Moose, let's get a box suite at the Grey Cup this year and show the fans how to have a good time during the game. I'm in. That's from AB3. Uh, yes. let's, let's make it happen. Our COO, I know, was watching from Calgary this morning. Let's make it happen at the Grey Cup. I'm getting a lot of messages. Where are you going to be here for Grey Cup? I will be in the rectangle for the Grey Cup with this show. So let's have fun with it. And, uh... People writing in about the Ryder game on Friday, which we will get to. Um, where are we at for time? Oh, we got time. But I'm going to tell you, bring the thrill of the track to your fingertips with Woodbine's Dark Horse Bets app. It's AI-powered insights and strategies help you make smarter bets straight out of the gate. Feel the excitement of live stream horse races wherever you go. Download the app for free at PlayDarkHorse.com. Available for Android and Apple devices. I thought my next point was going to be the movies in the movie Bullet Train, but it's not. My third point is the CFL Week 12. So this is perfect because it's going to huck everybody to stick in for the next segment. So here are, well, the breaking news, by the way, breaking news from the CFL on this Monday is that Gary Stern has stepped back from day-to-day operations of the Montreal Alouettes. You saw it, obviously, Darren. I think we might have talked about it earlier. It was TSN, as always, uh, the CFL's unofficial public relations arm that made the announcement, or broke the story, Dave Naylor did. And it doesn't seem like anybody really understands what's going on there, because I see people saying on Twitter, he's stepping down because there's a problem with the estate of his business partner, Sid Spiegel, so he's just leaving the Alouettes altogether. He's the owner, but he's called the CEO as well, but he lives in Toronto. We're talking about the Montreal Alouettes, so if he's involved in the day-to-day of a team and he doesn't even live in the same city... Yeah, well, you think there might be some problems? And in the TSN story uh, with Naylor, he quoted a source close to Gary Stern saying, this isn't what he signed up for. Um, So what's your initial read on the fact that Gary Stern... And he's deactivated his Twitter account, by the way, which I have issues with that I'll get to. But what's your initial read on Gary Stern walking away from the LOS because TSN's reporting they now need to find a new owner? Yeah, it's very abrupt and very weird, and the timing of it is is extremely odd. He was tweeting throughout the weekend, you know, talking about spending time with Pinball Clemens and everything else that was happening in his life, and you know, very involved. It seemed like with the team through the weekend, so it seems very abrupt. It seemed like this all happened suddenly. 
And for, you know, for it not to be a transition throughout the season and then cleanly wrap things up at the end of the season, I mean, we're already almost here into September, right? And the Grey Cup's in November. Like, we're in the almost into the home stretch here. Like, we're not that far away from the end of the season in the grand scheme of things. So it seems very odd and abrupt, and there's got to be more to the story. Sure, and to me, this is... The way I look at it, and uh, if I'm saying if I'm being honest, which is what you pay me for, this is no indictment of the current Alouette staff at all. This is an owner who clearly is a good guy. For many, we've had him on this show. We've interviewed him. And he basically said, hey, I was watching the Grey Cup, and I said to my buddy Sig, hey, why don't we buy a CFL team? Like, can we say it now? This is a guy that got in. He had, knows nothing about the industry that he just bought into. Nothing. And he's the CEO and has day-to-day control of the football team? And then in the interview, when I said, well, how do you feel about the future of the Alouettes? Well, my staff tells me we're going in the right direction. Yeah, well, of course they're going to tell you that. Because you don't know the difference. They're BSing you, Gary. Feels like over the weekend he figured that out. (laughs) Somebody was pulling the wool over his eyes. Can we say it now? So anyways, we'll talk about the games. We'll talk about Bullet to Train, the movie, and our Toronto Maple Leafs outlook because of the team we're going to profile today on the RP Show. This is the warm-up. We'll be right back. You're watching Canada's daytime sports talk show on the Game Plus television network and also YouTube Live. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to YouTube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. RP Show continues on this Monday. By the way, what's on at the movies this week with Landmark Cinemas? The movie Beast is in theaters now. Idris Elba stars in a pulse-pounding new thriller about a father and his two teenage daughters who find themselves hunted by a massive rogue lion intent on proving that the savannah has but one apex predator. Text MOVIES NOW to 902-518-3033 to be entered to win. Tickets and treats at Landmark Cinemas. Winners picked every week to go to the movies, which I did yesterday. Uh, went and saw the movie Bullet Train, and we'll be reviewing that. I'm going a little out of order, Moose, with my points here. We will get to the CFL Week 8, Week 12 games in a second. But I've got the Toronto Maple Leafs here as our NHL team that we're going to have a look at. Our business people tell me that our ratings skyrocket when we talk Leafs, Blue Jays, and so forth. Go figure. But I don't mind talking about the Leafs. We got Leaf fans on staff. You look already unimpressed with what might come out of my <laughs> mouth here. I'm not, I'm not anti-Leaf. What I am is I know there's enough pro-Leaf out there. They don't need me to even to back them at all, let alone be vanilla on the Toronto Maple Leafs. But, but I'm interested in what you have to say, and maybe Clark can put his thoughts up on the screen. I know that they're coming off their best season ever, right? It's their best regular season ever, 115 points. And the record was 54-21-7. And they go into the playoffs against Tampa Bay in round one, and it was interesting because people were saying it's unfair that they're playing Tampa. If they hadn't be, had to play Tampa, they would have got out of round one then they're not one of the best teams, okay? They completely reworked the crease. I get all that. But that's you're the Leaf guy. 
So what do you tell me about them moving into this season? Uh, are we expecting more points, less points, less points in a deeper run? What are we looking at for the Toronto Maple Leafs? Honestly, I think more of the same. And I think, you know, when I say that, it, it's you're going to see a lot of regular season success. The, the, the core is still there. The, the front end is still there. They're going to score a lot of goals. You know, obviously the question marks are in the in the crease. They've reworked the crease. Jack Campbell's out. So can they get consistent goaltending? That's going to be number one. The back end was a bit of a question. Can they find another key blue liner? I think they're going to be okay. Um, you may see a move made during the season or up towards the deadline um, to maybe add a piece to the back end. But they had some cap crunch issues too. So they moved around some salaries, uh, reworked the bottom um, six a little bit. I think it's the same. I think what you're waiting here with the Leafs is just patience is when can that core figure it out and get over the hump in the playoffs? Um, can this be the year? We ask it every year with this team and eventually they're either going to make it or you're going to have to blow up the core. So they're kind of ride or die with this group. Well, and that's very similar to what uh, producer Clark says. He writes, if the goalies perform well, the Leafs should be just as good in the regular season as last season. Will they be better in the playoffs? Hard to say at this point. And, you know, sometimes just in sports, we tend to take things for granted. The Leafs return a 100-point team, a well-over 100-point team. They're in the mix. There's a lot of teams that can't say that, right? So I appreciate uh, your level-headedness and Clark's as well. Maybe in a month when the NHL preseason games, the significant ones start, you guys might start be going, Stanley Cup, Stanley Cup, you know, and planning <laughs> out the route. That's usually how it goes. Bingo. I'll wait a month, but at least they have a shot. Um, by the way, I'll just read this comment here from Jeff in Winnipeg. He says, uh, NCAA football kickoff this week. Woohoo! Well, it did for a lot of our teams, uh, or will, like Alabama kicks off on Thursday, but the NCAA week one uh, Season, regular season, actually began this week. Just down the street here at FAU. To be honest with you, I said to Serena, if I had known the Owls were home Saturday night, I probably wouldn't have gone to the Dolphins game. But live and learn. I had such a great time at the Dolphins game. But uh, as I put in my 10 things column, I just stuck my toe in the water of college football. I just tweeted a little bit and almost got sucked right underneath. In a good way. The current just woof. It's unbelievable how popular college football is. Unbelievable. And um, go read my column as to the reasons why, why I think that is, because we're going to move on to what I said earlier, week 12 in the CFL, because we are got to spend some time on that. we got CFL fans from all across the league watching right now. I can see that in the chat. Let's just look at the scores. The Winnipeg Blue Bombers beating the Calgary Stampeders 31-29. However, as we discussed on Friday, Jake Mayer, the starting Stamps quarterback, had an efficiency rating of 150, right on the nose, despite the loss. Clearly, he's going to start the Labor Day Classic. Friday night, Toronto beat Hamilton 37-20. Toronto beat Hamilton 37-20. Nobody has given me an adequate explanation as to why Dane Evans played as much in that game as he did. Why? Matthew Schultz comes off his best career game ever the week before in Montreal. But they're playing Dane Evans, and while Schultz was on the field too, it was Dane Evans who threw the quick, the pick six, which ended the game. It was a TSN turning point. Why are they pounding the square peg into the round hole of Dane Evans? That's my take on that. Sask beats BC 23-16. Cody Fajardo, he had a better efficiency rating than Jake Mayer. 151.6. Fajardo was the guy, to quote his head coach, Craig Dickinson, that we all know and love. 
He had a return to form in the Riders' victory at BC. I talked to Cody last night. He's feeling good. And I love the comments from Mark Tressman, um, who said last week, Cody was just being honest when he talked about how he felt. He was being transparent. That's what leaders do. And as I say, the good ones do. There's crappy leaders out there too. But Cody's a great leader. Mark Trestman's a great leader. And the Riders are 6-5 and five and back in the top three playoff picture. And then Ottawa goes into Edmonton 25-18. I don't want to say whom, but a friend of mine, well, <clears throat> a relation of mine, was watching that game, Ottawa-Edmonton, and he said how much he was enjoying watching Jones and the uh, Elks get shellacked. It ended 25-18 for Ottawa, but I think at halftime, I, I think it was 20-3. to That was when I was at the Dolphins game. Um, so, <laughs> Ottawa and Edmonton, it's a turtle race. Nobody really wants to win. Nobody really wants to lose. I don't know. They're the two worst teams in the league. Uh, but what we found out is Cody Fajardo was still the Cody Fajardo that we think he is, and Bo Levi's days may be done in Calgary, and people are predicting a trade to the East. What's your take on Week 12 in the CFL? Yeah, my take comes out of BC, and, you know, an unfortunate you know, game for them. Michael O'Connor came in and I thought he looked pretty good in that opening quarter and a bit takes the hit and he gets knocked out. Um, you know, Pipkin came in as the third string quarterback gets a chance to play. And I thought he looked pretty good. He throws a, a good ball really fast with some zip on it, moved the ball up the field at times, but if they can figure it out, a quarterback, and if Michael O'Connor can't go, um, it's going to be tough. It's going to be one of those hang on because this roller coaster is going to be a bumpy ride here towards the playoffs for BC as you try and hang on to a playoff spot or potentially, you know, have to really start considering making a move for somebody like a Bo Levi Mitchell or, or another quarterback out there. So that was my takeaway. I wanted to see more to Michael O'Connor. I wish we got to see more out of him and I hope he's back uh, soon. I'm not even going to look ahead to the Week 13 games. Most people know what they are. It's Labor Day weekend, so those are the classic rivalry matchups. And we kicked around the future of Bo Levi Mitchell on Friday on this show at length. I'll just say this again. Do you think he stays there to the end of the season as the number two guy? I don't, and it's not an arrogance thing or an ego thing. I just think he's not interested in doing that. If it was me, I would not be interested in being in that role. I would say, Huff, trade me. We've, we've been through a lot together. I've been here a long time. I still want to be part of this. And uh, I would ask for a trade if I was Bo. What, how, how do you think it's going to go down? Yeah, the only reason I think it might not happen is just it's hard to trade, you know, a franchise quarterback like that. And, and where do you trade him? Do you want to trade him within, you know, the West to a team like BC or Saskatchewan? And if Cody keeps playing well, they're not going to make a move uh, in Saskatchewan. So that leaves kind of one trading partner in the West and maybe Hamilton's a landing spot out East. Um, I don't think he wants to stay and, and be the number two guy. I wouldn't want to, you know, if I'm Bo. So I, I'm right on the fence, but I'll, I'll lean on your side and say, yeah, I think uh, push comes to shove. He probably finishes the season somewhere else. Jeff, the Stamps fan, chiming in. He says, no way Bo is traded prior to season's end. That's your opinion, Jeff. As you said the other night, going into the Winnipeg game, you said, what's to say Bo won't play half the game? Or whatever you said, Bo never saw the field. So with all due respect, you have no idea what they're going to do in Calgary. I'm not sure they know what they're going to do in Calgary. They would have spent the weekend probably having meetings on the future of this football team. But I think they can move him because Tommy Stevens saw the field more than Bo Levi did in that game at Winnipeg in short yardage. So I think they'll do what's best for the Calgary Stampeders. And if that means trading Bo 
probably out east because again why would they help bc why would they help saskatchewan uh trust me i get it um you know when i mentioned i dipped my to- uh, my foot into the water on the college football thing and i gotta make it quick here but does this gary stern thing does it hurt the credibility of the cfl i think the obvious answer is yes but i look at fau florida atlantic university here i said i was down at the stadium on saturday and i tweeted a photo of it and an NFL friend of mine goes, oh, they might need you to play at NC State tonight because they're down 20 players. Did you, did, I don't know if you heard that story or not, but it wasn't Florida Atlantic University. It was Florida A&M out of Tallahassee, not Boca Raton. They had tw- and the, the uh, credibility thing, Darren, I'm asking you, they had 20 players that couldn't play in the game because of they didn't meet eligibility requirements for their week one game. Does that poke a hole in the credibility of the NCAA or at least the Florida A&M program that they had, tw- they had to go play the game. Minus 20 guys, and they got killed at uh, NC State. Does that hurt the credibility as much as the Alouettes, or am I making too big of a deal out of both? No, it hurts the credibility of the program, not of NCAA football, but of the program. You have that big of a mistake. And then in Montreal, it does hurt the credibility. Owning pro football team at double should be one of the greatest you know, and opportunities that you have as a businessman or businesswoman or business person, right? I mean, it, ownership, whether it's at the NHL level, the NBA level, the NFL level, especially the NFL level, it doesn't change hands very often. And when an, an opportunity to own a franchise comes up, I mean, it is vultures to try and get their hands on it because it is a status symbol. It is something, a passion project. And, you know, having an opportunity to own one of very few Canadian football league teams is a big deal. And unless it's being taken away from him, from Gary Stern, I would, you wouldn't want to let go of this no matter what, because it's such a big deal to own a pro football team. I, I understand stepping back from day to day. I understand maybe you know having somebody else run it. I don't know how much Robert Kraft is running the day-to-day of the New England Patriots. I'm sure he is to a to a great extent, but to give it up altogether, leave the board of governors and potentially sell your part of the team unless it's being forced through legally through you know um, mm. Sid Spiegel's estate whatever, I don't get it, man. I don't get it. It doesn't look good on the CFL, and I think this is entirely Gary Stern's decision. That's the sense that I get. By the way, our CFL coverage is for Bronco Plumbing, Heating, and Cooling. Find everything you need, need to know about our services, financing, product information, and more at broncoplumbing.com. I've split the sixth point into two. 6A, Rory McElroy is the FedEx Cup champion for the third time. He stormed from a record tying six shots behind Scotty Scheffler to win the Tour Championship and capture the $18 million prize. And 6B, Shohei Otani and Mike Trout homered and the LA Angels beat the Toronto Blue Jays 8-3 to complete a three-game sweep. The Jays have lost three in a row now after winning six of seven on the road in New York and Boston. We're going to have to review the movie Bullet Train later when you return, Moose, because we got to break and bring in our guy, Mo Egger. So sit tight, Moose. We'll see you in hour two. You got it. We are going to Cincinnati. <sighs> and obviously the WKRP metaphors and comparisons reign supreme cincinnati espn fifteen thirty. cincinnati mo egger joins us next from there as we talk some bengals football and afc you're watching the rp show canada's daytime sports talk show on the game plus television network and youtube live have you subscribed to the rod peterson show youtube channel yet 
Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. Brand new week. Cracking the lid on it here on the RP Show. By the way, a sports update coming up. Congratulations to Paula Reto winning the CP Women's Open in Ottawa. But we closed the book on the NFL preseason with two games on Sunday, and now it's a long, almost two-week wait for week one. But our Bengals insider is Mo Egger from ESPN 1530 Cincinnati. Joins us from Cincy to talk about it. Hey, Mo, what, what's going on, brother? You got, are you celebrating the Super Bowl already? What are you doing? Well, you know, we got the defending AFC champs, Rod. We have uh, the defending AAC college football. I, I watched your show. I had it on. You know, you look like you got the coolest setup ever. I'm off work today. I just got done cutting my grass. I figured I can't be the only person sitting in their basement, okay? So what we're going to do is we're going to try to replicate your setup. So here I am in my backyard. <laughs> we're holding on to the last days of summer. Got a cigar. Got a full cold one, Rod. We're having fun here in Cincinnati. Wow, you are enjoying your day off to the fullest. And I love the fact that that, seat, that cigar is lit. It is actually it's lit. lit. Yeah, yeah it, it's lit. And, and in a few hours, I will be too. <laughs> clearly, also, clearly. I, I, I'm, doing, I'm doing this on my laptop where it's just told me that it's, uh, it's in danger of overheating. So this could be an adventure. Oh, I had that happen to me in Edmonton, of all places, a couple of weeks ago. So we might be, I might be finishing this myself. Listen, the Bengals preseason. We're talking about AFC finishes, 2-1 and one were the Dolphins, and they're talking about winning the East, being the sneaky surprises in the AFC East. How about the Bengals? How'd they look? Uh, I think if you're a Bengals fan, you know, you and I were together at the Super Bowl, or at least the week uh, leading up to the Super Bowl, and we talked about the line and how uh, if they were going to lose to the Rams, it was probably going to be because the offensive line doomed them, and that's that's exactly what happened. And so, okay, they walked off the field. We flew back from L.A. thinking, okay, the number ready this offseason is going to be to address the offensive line. They've done that. Uh, they'll have four new starters a week from Sunday. They took a kid from North Dakota State in the fourth round of the draft. He apparently has won a competition to be the starting left guard. But their center, right guard, and right tackle, all new players from other teams, Lyle Collins, Ted Karras, and Alex Kappa. And so I think you look at it from that standpoint and go, they're going to be better at protecting Joe Burrow. They've gotten through the preseason so far uh, with no major injuries. The team is largely intact. The only real player of consequence they've lost from last year's team is CJ Uzama. I think they've done a good job in replacing him with Hayden Hurst, the tight end, who I think from a pass receiver point is going to be able to do a little bit more. Uh, and and they, they went really heavy on defense in the draft and the early returns on Dak Hill, the first round draft choice from uh, had been really good. So the AFC North is always competitive. AFC half of the NFL is going to be absolutely loaded. But uh, you've got to consider the Bengals very, very strong contenders to go back to the Super Bowl. It's basically the same team that went last year, except they made their biggest weakness better. Well, uh, wonderful uh, recap. I'm wondering about Uzama, though, because just from watching from the outside, you've got a great pulse on, it seems, the locker room in Cincinnati. He seemed to be a great leader, not to mention how tremendous of a player he is. How big of a loss is that to the locker room and team culture? Yeah, I, I think he was really big in in what Zach Taylor was trying to do to get the culture to what he wanted it to be. But the reality is all of that now revolves around Joe Burrow. And that, that isn't to diminish uh, CJ's role. 
Um, he was here when they were really, really bad. He last year was one of the team's really better field goals because he got injured, suffered an Achilles injury in 2020. And yeah, 49th is nothing to sneeze at. He had some big catches in the postseason. So yeah, his leadership and, and sort of intangible, intangible qualities are ones that they value. But there's two things about that. One, I think they like to make a room independent of CJ Uzama. Two, he was going to contract. They're only going to pay so much. Uh, for what CJ brought to the table. And I think they viewed him in terms of the, the production as replace and the culture where it needs to be. And that two things I think combined to make CJ uh, somewhat expendable. Okay. Week one, you got the Steelers in there and it seems like they don't even know who their starting quarterback is going to be. So are you penciling that in as a dub already? Or how do you feel about week one against Pittsburgh? Well, it is the Steelers, and Mike Tomlin's a great coach, and their defense should be really, really good. Now, they went through some injuries this past week in the preseason, how that impacts them in, in week one. But look, I mean, the Bengals beat Pittsburgh twice last year. They absolutely blew the brakes off them at but, uh, what was called Paul Brown Stadium at the time. Uh, I don't understand why it wouldn't be Kenny Pickett. If all things are equal, why wouldn't you go with the guy who's got the upside that you chose to invest a first-round pick in? But... Yeah, the Bengals should win this game. Vegas is telling you they should win this game. They're seven and a half point favorites. That's about what the line should be. They beat this team handily last year. Cincinnati is the defending AFC North and AFC champions. Pittsburgh's coming. It's going to be absolutely raucous. I don't know anything other than a Bengals win. And if they do lose that game, I think it's problematic because the next one is not going to be easy. You've got to win your home games. You've got to win your games against they're supposed to beat because this team does have a tougher schedule than last year. And so uh, if you have me on the week after the Pittsburgh game and they're 0-1, chances are something has drastically gone wrong. Okay. Man, it just looked like you're having a great time out there, by the way. And I like to see people having a great time, Mo. So good for you. We are going what life is to all the about. Super Bowl, isn't it? Yes. We yeah, only go around absolutely. once. Sorry. So in that vein... <laughs> Are we going to see you at Super Bowl? Because we're going, baby. Are you going no matter what or only if the Bengals are in it? Uh, I'll go no matter what if you take me. Like, do you need an intern? Do you need somebody <laughs> to, like, lug cables? Uh, you need somebody to drive you around Arizona? If the Bengals go, I will be there. There's no getting around that. And if the Bengals go and I am there, two things have to happen. One, you're back on your show. Two, you actually have to soak with me. Because I waited all week last year in Los Angeles for a phone call and never got it. So, but yes, if the Bengals are there, I will be there. If the Bengals aren't there and, and you just need a chauffeur or somebody to sort of you know, help be your concierge, I'm your guy. I'll, I'll bring the cigars. Absolutely. Well, uh, DuPont Moose is the guy to talk to about that, but there's nobody we'd rather have do that <laughs> than you. And since you're in Cincy and because yeah. Joey Votto is so important to the Reds. There's a little bit of a debate mm -hmm. in Canada and in some U.S. circles. Uh, is this guy Cooperstown worthy? Is he headed to the Baseball Hall of Fame when he's done, do you think? I think so. I, I, I fear. I, I think he's going to get in one day. And I think basically because the electorate is starting to evolve. Um, Tim Raines, Montreal Expo, great, got in in large part because newer voters who weren't voting when he first hit it I think valued on base percentage more than older voters did and valued some of the, uh, the ways that advanced metrics would suggest that Tim Raines 
Hall of Famer. And so I vote Joey through a similar lens. The accounting the stats, the compiling stats, the traditional magic numbers aren't there. He doesn't have 500 home runs. Uh, he's probably not going to have 3,000. But he's led the league in on-base percentage seven times. He's been difficult batters to retire. Uh, and so I think younger voters are going to value that. I certainly don't think it's going to be a slam dunk, and it wouldn't surprise me if it takes him uh, a few a few years to get in, but I believe he's a Hall of Famer. I think younger voters uh, tend to think he's a Hall of Famer. I think what has hurt him and what will hurt him is in the later stages of his career, when you're looking to sort of pile on numbers, he hasn't been good this year, and he's basically going to miss the last two months because of an injury. He had the shortened 2020 season in which he wasn't very good, and so I think that's going to cost him to a degree elite at something that younger voters value getting on base for a very long time and the numbers aren't bad either well, i'll tell you what um my favorite debate in sports mo is the hall of fame debate and i think you answered mm-hmm. it very well it's not a slam dunk and even in canada in his home in toronto there's some debate over joey because he's declined to represent his country in various international competitions which they're not happy about so something about joey Votto, he just always seems to be a controversial character but we like those answer Mo, this answer this for me here. really quick who would yeah. be considered the top five canadian-born major league baseball players you got larry walker right ferguson jenkins ferguson jenkins uh who else do we have terry terry pool justin morneau terry clark Poole. is just Dude, uh, joey vada is better than terry Poole. He's, he holds right? a record for the longest errorless streak of innings in Major League Baseball history, I believe. And he's not That's in the neat. Hall of He was a pinch Justin hitter. For the, is, yeah, no. Justin Morneau is very, very good. I, Joey Votto's top five Canadian-born yeah. player of all time, right? Yeah. Yes. He okay. absolutely is. All right. Very good. All right. I'm glad we're on the same page. Now you got me thinking. Now you got me thinking. Matt Stairs, I've just, not a Hall of Famer. No, yeah. Matt Stairs uh, hit one of the longest home runs I've ever seen in person. But no, not a not a like Joey's top five. Can he might not be in the National Baseball Hall of Fame? I, I think he will be and should be. But I mean, he's he's got to be considered an absolute like slam dunk top five Canadian ba- Canadian born baseball player of all time. No doubt, no doubt. All right, nice way to all end right. it. Again, Mo, enjoy the rest of your day off, brother. Always good. All right, oh, thanks. See ya. Sports update and viewer takeover coming up next. You're watching the RP Show on the Game Plus Television Network. Live streaming at rodpeterson.com and Utah, YouTube Live. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. Sports update coming up, but a wonderful discussion has broken out, courtesy Mo Egger of ESPN 1530 Cincinnati, who's a top five all-time Canadian Major League Baseball players, and uh, Michael Wynn is watching in Winnipeg. What's up, Mike? He says, Russell Martin? How about him? Uh, Toronto Blue Jays uh, catcher on his resume, of course, but uh, top five? Don't think so. I think we nailed him. 
but it's a wonderful debate for sure. Sports update, Paula Retto won the Canadian Pacific Women's Open on Sunday for her first LPGA Tour victory, closing with a 4-under 67 for a one-stroke victory over Nelly Korda and Jin Choi. The Blue Jays hope to snap out of an untimely funk tonight when they open a three-game series against the visiting Cubs. Losers of three straight to the Angels, in which they were shut out twice and outscored 22-3. to the Blue Jays must rebound quickly to keep their playoff ambitions alive. Jose Barrios goes to the mound tonight. Unbeaten Canada will have a day off today at the Women's World Hockey Championship in Denmark, but the 3-0 defending champs will get their first real test Tuesday when they play against the unbeaten USA. U.S. playing Switzerland on Monday. This sports update, <clears throat> pardon me, for Edo Japan. Delicious Japanese-inspired meals and snacks made to order with high-quality ingredients. Edo Japan. I think the one thing, and it's going very well, all the coverage that we spread around uh, is working very well. All the leagues. Hey, I like this. Nelson Hakowicz writing his breaking news. He says, Marty Murray has been announced as the general manager of the Brandon Wheat Kings. So the scoop that we got that it was going to be Mike Babcock... Fake news. Shame on the guy that told me that. Regarding the all-time greatest Canadian baseball players, Craze32 writes in, he says, Terry Poole, there's no doubt Terry Poole's in the top five. From Melville Sask, yeah, no doubt. Jeff in Winnipeg says, Eric Gagne, he was with the ski goggles, right? Yep. Yep. Hey, we'll settle in on it by the end of the week. Top five. But that's not what the poll question is. Today's poll question is, by the way, for Capital Automall, Universal Collision Center, who is the number one player in the NFL by virtue of the NFL Network's top 100 uh, rating that came out over the weekend, came out Sunday night, actually. Your options, Tom Brady, Aaron Donald, Aaron Rodgers, or other. Last I looked, Tom Brady was leading the pool. Next hour, uh, the Moose will join us to talk a little more on this and other things. But, But when I say it's working well, isn't it interesting? How sports goes. Um, I had our guy Nugzi, Jamie Nugbauer, the Elliot Friedman of the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League, do a power rankings, preseason power rankings. It got more response from my Twitter account than any CFL, NHL, or NFL tweet that I'd sent out. Last minute of play in hour one. Last minute. Just on Junior A preseason power rankings. How about that? So there's that. But then we can kick around the National Football League, too. And as Mo just said, it was awesome. Mo Egger joining us from his backyard. He's like, Rod, we were with you in Super Bowl last year. And we said, this is what the Bengals' problem was. They're all lying. And they've got better. At- so, yeah, we're going back to the Super Bowl. So the fun thing is, between Junior A and the Centennial Cup or the Super Bowl or World Juniors or wherever else, um, we got it all covered, and people seem to be enjoying it. So we'll kick around the CFL news. Gary Stern stepping down as owner of the Montreal Alouettes. What's that even mean? We'll kick that around with Moose, and the Leafs are our featured NHL team today as well as we look at NHL teams daily. So that's all coming up an hour or two on Game Plus. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. Thank you. 
Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.